Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. All right. How many of you have seen A Wonderful Life before? Most of you. So if you haven't, spoiler alert, we're going to tell you the whole movie today. So uh, you'll get a brief overview of it today. But before we get into that, I want to welcome those of you who join us online. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are today. And also, uh, we have a uh, event next Sunday. I want to just bring, if you're new to the church, we've had a lot of new people uh, coming the last few weeks. And so next week is our Welcome to AC event. So that's where I just kind of share a little bit more about our church, let you meet myself and my wife and our staff and just kind of give you a brief overview about what we're all about and how you can maybe better connect here. So we'd love to have you. It'd be immediately following this service next week and lunch and child care is provided for that. You just need to RSVP online. Well, Wonderful Life uh, is really a classic movie that has kind of stood the test of time and uh, one that's played on television, network television every year. And and I think the reason why it's kind of become this staple classic is because it's raw and it's real and it's authentic. And I think we all kind of can connect with, with George Bailey's character in one way or another. And in many ways, it's a movie that kind of preaches all by itself. And so today, we're going to spend a little bit more time actually watching some clips from the movie uh, than I am going to be preaching. Don't get too excited about that. Uh, and so I would just encourage you, though, to kind of zone in on the movie and not your phone and those kind of things, because I really believe this will tell a story that will help you. Uh, George's life uh, was similar to all of ours. He grew up in a, in a hardworking family in a great town and and had dreams and aspirations to go on and do great things with his life. And plans didn't work out the way that he thought. Turned out his father's health was, was getting bad. And his father ends up passing away. And he kind of has to, to kind of take charge of the family business. And he kind of just gets stuck in a place that he never thought he was going to be. And then as he goes through it, he, he just faces some very difficult times. And even contemplates, as we saw in the clip, taking his own life. Feeling like the best thing that he could do is just leave this world. And as we see throughout this movie, that that's obviously not the plan that God has for our lives. But George was a man with a plan. How many of you are planners in here, right? Come on, let me see. Right? How many of you, you're, you're not planners, right? My wife better be raising her hand. Thank you. Uh, she's not a planner, right? She doesn't plan things. She just likes to go with the flow. I don't even understand what that means. Why would you want to go with the flow? Who knows where the flow is going to go? So why would you want to go with the flow? Why wouldn't you plan the flow, right? That's me. I want to plan everything. I plan when I'm going to plan. Every Monday, I sit down and plan out my plans for the week. We plan things. Just yesterday, we were on a retreat with our staff. We were planning things that we're going to do and things that are going to happen. And so I am a man with a plan, and I really don't understand people who don't plan, but you're good for us planners, okay? Because plans don't always go the way you want them to go, do they? Such is life, isn't it? It's not the way I wanted it to go. So you need someone to go, it's okay, well, we can just go with the flow. But that's not me, and that wasn't George. George had a plan for his life. He had hopes, he had dreams, he had aspirations, and I think we can all relate to George because he had a dream. Let's take a look at his dream. George had hopes and dreams, right? Just like me and you. George had it all figured out. He said, I know what I'm going to do today, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that. He had a plan. He had his life figured out. 
What about you? If this was a movie about your life and we were flashing back to a scene of, of your early years and going to college or before you got married and, and the dreams that you had and the plans that you had in place and what were those dreams or what are those dreams? Where do you find yourself today? There was a dreamer in the Bible as well. His name was Joseph and Joseph was the son of Jacob. He was one of 12 kids. He was 10th in line and he was his father's favorite and because of that his brothers hated him. His brothers didn't like him because he always got what he wanted because his dad gave it to him. And there's two separate times in scripture, in Genesis 37, where God gives him two dreams and a glimpse of his future. In Genesis 37, 5 through 7, it said this, one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Again, he was the favorite. He said, listen to this dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and all of your bundles all gathered around it and bowed low before mine. Well, how many of you know you don't tell your brothers that one day they're going to bow down to you, right? Didn't like that. He goes on in verse 9. He says he has another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I have had another dream. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. So not only are you going to bow below me, the world is going to bow before me. That's a big dream, right? That's an audacious dream where he said, man, God is going to do something so significant in my life that everyone will be under my authority. When I was a kid, I had a big dream too. Starting at five years old till probably I was about 10, I wanted to be a garbage man. I loved it, right? I mean, I can still remember, I still get excited to this day when I hear the truck outside and, and me and Maddox can go and, and now I, I passed on that dream to him. The excitement of, of seeing men throw things into the back of a moving truck and, and then they can pull a lever down that smashes those things into millions of pieces. And then they get to hop on the side of the truck and go on to the next trash can. And all day long they get to destroy things. Actually right now that's sounding really appealing to me. I would, wouldn't mind a break to just be a garbage man for a day. I had dreams, I had aspirations, and as I grew up, those changed a little bit. And then I thought I would be an architect, and I liked to draw, and I thought, hey, I heard they make good money, and so I could just be an architect, and I can draw and, and, and be a part of building things, kind of like George. And then as I got into high school, I really began to develop a passion for history, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a history teacher, and I'll be a coach. And, and I started out at Ohio State as a uh, secondary education major with a, with a major in history, and was going to do that, but God had a different plan for me. Obviously, I'm not a history teacher. I'm a pastor. And here I stand today. And I can just tell you, this wasn't necessarily the dream that I had for myself. But as we go through the story today, as George realizes, sometimes God's plans are better than ours. You see, we're all dreaming in one way or another. We all have dreams from our past, maybe dreams that died. And they are over, and you know that door has closed, and, and you thought you would be this, you thought you'd be here, you thought you'd do that, but God closed that door. And so maybe you're grieving a dream that's died. Maybe you're dreaming in the present, that there's a dream that maybe hasn't died, but it's definitely been delayed, and it's on hold, and you're still waiting for something to happen. Or maybe you're dreaming for your future, that it's a new dream that you're chasing, that there's something new that God's putting in your heart to do. And there's a new thing. Maybe you're dreaming for your kids. And 
the plans that God has for them. And we're all dreaming in one way or another. But life has a way of happening and doesn't always go the way we plan, right? Things don't always work out. And they didn't for George either. Let's take a look. You see, we all have hopes and dreams, but sometimes our dreams get full of disappointment and delay where they just aren't happening the way we thought. And literally we see in the clip where George's dreams are crumbling around him. He kicks over his dreams. He brushes his future off the table and his hopes that he thought that he would be in building things. And his dreams and his life seems to be falling all around him. He had disappointment, despair, and disaster all at the same time. His life was falling apart. And the same thing happened to Joseph. As we talked about, he had a dream about what was going to happen in his life, and it was audacious, and it was, it was huge, and he felt like this dream was from God, but we find that, again, because his brothers were angry at him, because they didn't have the same dream for him that he did, they plot to kill him and end up selling him into slavery. In Genesis 37, 28, it said, so when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern, which was a pit they threw him in, and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silvers, and the traders took him to Egypt. They go back and tell their father, who was the favorite, Joseph was his favorite, that Joseph had been killed. He gets to Egypt, he's bought by a man named Potiphar, and he's in his home serving him and their family, and God is with him, promotes him, gives him great favor, and Potiphar's wife ends up falsely accusing Joseph and tries to seduce him, and he denies her, and because of the rejection she faced, she wrongly accuses him of rape, and then he's thrown into prison. So he finds himself where he has this big dream, but here at first he's a slave, and then if it can't get any worse than that, he ends up being thrown into prison for something he didn't even do. Joseph's dreams were crashing all around him. But here's what I want to focus on. In Genesis 39.2, it said that even when he was a slave, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph as a slave. And then verse 39, or chapter 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in prison. And the warden had no more worries before Joseph, because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So when you have dreams and they're full of disappointment and they're full of delay or maybe they've even died... I think we have to remember a few things. And the first one is this. Today I want to remind you, if you're in that situation, that God is with you as he was with Joseph. You see, when we face disappointment, when we face difficult times, one of the first things we do is we think that God is no longer with us. Because if he was with us, why would we be going through this? Why would we be facing this? But we have to remember that he is always with us. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the point of Christmas. Emmanuel, that God is with us. That God left heaven and came to earth so he could be close to you. And today, if you go, well, God doesn't feel real close. He feels distant from me. 
There's only one reason that that can happen. It's not because God has distanced himself from you. It's because you have distanced yourself from God. And maybe you've blamed God. Maybe you've rejected his presence because you feel like whatever you're facing could possibly be his fault. And today I want to challenge you to stay close to the Father. James says when when you face these things, don't push away from God. Pull him in. Draw close to God. And he'll draw even closer to you. So when you face disappointment and despair, just like George was, remember that God is with you. That he's present in your pain. Remember that God is also in control. That God is always in control. That he is sovereign. He's over all things. Proverbs 16.9 says, a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life. That's me. I planned my way. I knew exactly what I was going to do. But... The Lord is the one who really directs his steps and establishes them. That's a promise that we need to hold on to. That you make your plans. You should plan. God gave you a brain. You should use it. You should plan things. You should have a plan for your life. But what you ultimately remember is that you're not in control of your life. God is in control of your life. He is sovereign over all things. Jeremiah 1.5, it said that, He was challenging this prophet. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, before you had a plan, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Before you had a plan, God had a plan. And you can rest assured that God knows you, that he had a plan for your life, and he is working his plan as long as we stay surrendered to him. So you had a dream. So you had hopes, but before you ever started dreaming, God had a destiny for you. God had a plan for you. And sometimes what looks like disappointment is actually destiny in disguise. Sometimes our greatest disappointments are what's needed to prepare us, not for our plan, but for God's destiny. And I'm telling you, That his plan is better than your plan. Look at your neighbor and say, it's better. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. He knew you before you were even born. He knows every detail of your life. He knows exactly how you're wired. He knows every gift you have because he gave them to you. And he has a plan for you. He has a destiny for your life. And when we face disappointment, when we face pain, God always has a purpose. God is always working behind the scenes. He's always working in our lives to get us closer to his purpose. And sometimes he shows up in ways that we don't expect, just like he did for George. Let's take a look. So maybe you're facing disappointment in the way your life has turned out, just like George was. Maybe you're disappointed in some big areas of your life, but today I think we can learn the lesson that George learned, and it's this, and if you walk away with anything today, I hope it's this, is that a life that's surrendered to God is never wasted. It's wonderful. No matter where you are, what you're doing, if your life is surrendered to God, if your hope's in Him, and your trust is in Him, and you're allowing Him to accomplish His purpose through you, your life is never wasted. You're making investments into people that you don't even know you're making investments into, You're making a difference through conversations that you never even knew was happening. And if you could get a look back on your life like George, you would see the same things. In Genesis 50, Joseph's dreams finally were coming to pass. It it took 
the pit, and it took the, 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 the prison in order for him to get to the palace where he worked through all those situations and he finally became second in charge to all of Egypt. There was a great famine in the land and his brothers were needing help and food. And they find their way to Egypt because Joseph had the wisdom to stockpile food. He was prepared for what was happening and his brothers come in Genesis 50, 18 through 20. It says, and his brothers came, threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I love that perspective that he had. That God did this so that, so I could. What is your so I could moment? You're not where you wanted to be. You're not where you want to be right now. You're not where you thought you would be, but, but you're there. And God is with you there. And God has a purpose for you being there. So, so who are the lives that God is trying to impact through you? You see, Romans 8.28 gives us this other promise. You've heard this before. And we know that God causes everything, everything, not some things, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Not your plans, but his purpose for your life. You see, our plans don't always pan out. But that doesn't mean that God isn't accomplishing his purpose. God's delay doesn't mean God's denial. For some of you, I would encourage you today, keep dreaming. Keep chasing. But trust God. Know that he's with you. Know that he's in control. Know that he's accomplishing his purpose. Surrender your lives into his hands. And if you do, nothing you ever go through will ever be wasted. You see, George's problem didn't change at all, right? He had the same problems. But his perspective changed. The way he viewed those things had changed because he was viewing them through a different lens. Look, I'm not going to pretend today because you come to church and spend most of your time watching a movie. By the way, I've never seen you guys so focused in your life. Uh, that you, you watch a movie and you hear some inspirational word, word that, that you're going to go back out and all of your problems are going to just be gone now. But what you can do is change the way you view those problems. You can look at it and go, yeah, I don't really like where I'm at, but I do know this, God's with me. I do know that. That's his truth. That God's for me, that God had a plan before I had a plan, that before I had a dream, God had a destiny for my life, and I trust that he's in control, and that he sees the whole picture, and that I don't understand this chapter of the story, but God does, and he knows how he's going to use the prison to prepare me for the palace, because that's what God does. He's always working on our behalf. God uses the disappointment, the despair, the disaster to help us discover what the real meaning of life is. That's what he did for George. George had to take a look back to see that living a life of service, of investing his life into his loved ones, into his community, into his family, into his coworkers, was never wasted. That his life made a huge difference. And when a man or woman invests their life into God's purposes, which is always people, your life can never be wasted. Because that's the purpose of life. And that's what makes life wonderful. Colossians 3.23, the Apostle Paul 
says to work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, no matter where you are, what you're doing, you can do it with a perspective of God's got me. He has me here. He has me here for a reason. I trust him. And so I'm not going to do this for them because I don't like my boss, right? (laughs) I don't like these people. I don't like this situation. I'm not saying you have to pretend like it's all okay, but what you can do is change your perspective and say, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for God. And wherever God has me, I can have influence with the people he's put around me and I can make a difference for him. And that is what life is all about. And that's what makes life wonderful. You see, you got to change your perspective, and when you do, the ordinary becomes the extraordinary. George hated that house, but when he changed his perspective, he loved that house. That it wasn't just a house, it was a home where he loved his wife, where he loved his kids. That town that he wanted to leave, that he wanted to knock the dust off of his shoes, he became thankful for that town. He began to realize the blessings that that town provided him and the experience that it gave him. The job that he inherited from his father that he didn't want, he began to see the purpose that God was accomplishing through him. And all the people that he helped through his job all came back to repay him when he needed the help. You see, a life invested in others is never wasted. It's a wonderful life. The band's gonna come and we're gonna close out. And I wanna encourage you with this one final passage this morning. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, the Apostle Paul had dreams just like you and me. And his dream was to fulfill the plan that God had for his life. And as he was doing that, he faced many hardships. And he's encouraging the church in Corinth. And he says, we think you ought to know, brothers and sisters. He's saying, look, we got to let you know that following God isn't always easy. We need to let you know about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Listen, you may be feeling the pressure of life today. You may be feeling the pressure of disappointed dreams. You may be feeling the pressure of the delay of what you thought was going to happen in your life. You may be feeling the pressure, but listen, you can allow that pressure to push you away from God or to push you towards God. And that's the choice you have to make. Life is going to happen. We can't control everything that happens in life. But you can always have a wonderful life when you live palms up, surrendered to God, saying, God, you're with me. You're in control. And no matter what the pressures come, I'm not going to allow that pressure to come between me and you. I'm going to pull you even closer. And when you do that, Paul says, God has a way of taking dead things and bringing life to them. That he can take that marriage that you thought is dead and gone and he can breathe new life into it. It isn't the marriage that you dreamed of, but God can do something. We sang earlier, Jesus can change everything if you'll just pull him close, if you'll just trust him. This isn't the career that you thought you would have at this point in your life. 
But God's with you. God's in control. What the devil may have intended to harm you, God's using to your own benefit and for the purpose that you can't even see yet. Paul said, I had to learn to stop relying on myself. I had to stop relying on my plans. I had to stop relying on my dreams. And I had to rely only on God because he's the only one who can bring life to dead things. And he said, and he will, and he will. We've placed our hope in him. Our confidence is in him. Today, you may be feeling the pressures of life. Allow it to push you towards God. Listen to Paul. Rely on God. He is your rock. He is near. He is with you. He will rescue you. He is with you. Would you stand with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for your promises today. That you're sovereign. That you're over all things. That you're in control of our lives. And so today, God, we surrender our lives once again to you. We surrender our plans to you. God, we pray that our plans wouldn't just be accomplished, but God, your purpose would be accomplished. And God, wherever we are, Lord, we do it as unto you, serving you, serving others, loving them, investing ourselves into what matters most in this world, our loved ones, our family, our children, our community, our friends, our coworkers. God, and you can bring purpose even in our pain. We thank you today, God, that you're present with us, that that's the promise of Christmas. And I pray today as we sing this song together that your children would sense you, that they would know that you're near to them, that they wouldn't fear anything because we never go at it alone. You're with us, you're for us, and you're working all things together for our good and for your glory.